so I have a Claudette that I chase out of the house. Uh-huh. And I, ca- I cannot find her. I hear her whining, right? Because uh, I hit her once, so I know she's bleeding. I'm like, I, she's on my left side. Like, and so I turn, I go to the bush, I cannot find her. And then I realized <laughs> I had my headphones on backwards. So everything that was supposed to come out of my left ear was playing in my right ear. So when they were crying on my left, I was turning You're to like, my turning right. The yeah. And it's like, no wonder I couldn't find them. And I, I just got to say, I bet Tara entering the call right when we were talking about Deadpool <laughs> I was hoping it was a dream. <laughs> Seriously, did not like push my way into your Discord channel to like <laughs> weasel my way onto the podcast, but I appreciate you asking. No, dude. The fact that when you when you join up, I'm like, we got to get Tara back on here. She's part of the fam. She's part of the Discord fam now. It was no pressure from you. If anything, it was like, well, now that she's here, when you know, how can she say no if we ask her to come on? She's got to do it. Okay, so let me make sure this mic is still going. Well. How do I sound to you guys? Is it? Or do you sound like you're actually hearing me from this mic right now? You sound fine to me. Okay, not. I don't too. know what you usually sound like, but <laughs> I've had you some. Sound mics. all right. Okay, I'll I'll take all right from Chris. We okay. Please. We have a take. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's yeah. no longer Blazers. What is? We have a take. We have a take. Is W H A T. Yeah. The what get podcast? Your, get your acronyms oh, I, I, oh, in here. Come oh, on. I know. I got the, I, I got the yeah. acronym. I just want. I yeah, we just call. We just call. We have a take or the what podcast? Oh, why Either just, way. Wait, why don't you just wait till the podcast starts? Why don't you ask her what her last name is too, <laughs> and her middle name, and don't. You got to do your prep pre-show, Keith. That's what I'm doing. This we're pre-show here. We're pre-show. I'm asking all the questions oh. pre-show. Uh, okay, so yeah, let's go ahead and start recording devices if you can. Okay, hold on just one sec. And yeah, recording now. You're all set. Everyone's got theirs. Chris probably just has his run the whole time. Cool. I like thumbs up. Thumbs ups are fun. Okay, here we go. Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, Thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and today there is no one here with me for this part right now. We had some scheduling snafus, some rescheduling really, some schedule flexibility, and some technical difficulties this week. Although I gotta point out, usually it's just my fault mostly for the technical difficulties. I, Chris had some as well this time. He didn't press record the other day, and uh, you know, whenever Chris makes a mistake, I gotta act like it's a really big deal because uh, usually it's uh, usually it's on me. You know, just, just trying to even the tables here. Bottom line, though, while there is no one here with me right now, we had a great conversation with longtime friend of the show, Tara Bowen Biggs, team mom, as many of you know her from the What podcast, that is the We Have a Take pod. So we will get to that just as soon as I give you a quick love, hugs, and hate mail. And in the spirit of doing things a little different this week, since it is just a solo intro coming to you right now, let's do this in a bit of reverse order. We're going to bring up the hate mail first, because I don't want to end it on a sad note. Let's just get this out of the way real quick. Hate mail for this week. The ending of eras. We've lost some icons recently, both in sports uh, and in rock and roll. Rest in peace to John Clayton of ESPN, one of the greatest ESPN commercials they've ever done, as well as Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, a living legend among rock and roll drummers as much as there can be today. Sending all love and hugs to their family and fans and friends. Blazers fans have been dealing with another 
end of an era. Bill Shonley has announced he will be retiring. Obviously, we're happy for him. But again, it's just it's it's the end of one era and it's moving on to another. And it's it's hard to it's just not always easy. So, again, sending love and hugs to anyone who's struggling as they go through transitions right now. Sending some more hugs as well. Some more lighthearted hugs over to our boys. Drew Eubanks and Chris Dunn getting 10-day contracts from the Blazers through the rest of this season. Now, the last game of the regular season is next Sunday, April 10th, uh, which is now seven days away. So it's not uh, a huge gesture, but it's nice to see that they will be able to finish out here. And, you know, who knows if we'll see either of them in uh, a Blazers jersey next season in the future. But I've certainly enjoyed what they've brought to the table in this uh very ragtag type of season. It's been fun to watch both of them, so I, I wish them luck, and I hope it uh, only goes up from here for their NBA careers. Now let's get to some love. We've already been sharing a bit of the love and, love and hugs to make sure everyone is uh, supported. And speaking of support, we had a bunch of that, too, going around during the Blazers game the other night. CJ's return last Wednesday had a whole bunch of our Blazers Twitter fam and our Strokecasters Discord fam meeting up at the game. It was really cool to see everyone see see the faces get some FaceTime in there with these people that we've communicated with through handles online and in social media it was nice to actually say hello and you know cheers a pint glass more on that in a bit but i want to share again some more love going a little more international still blazer centric nurkic yusuf nurkic donated i think over a hundred tons of flour to bosnian muslims ahead of ramadan this year now you know, for those of you who, like me, are fairly uneducated in uh, certain foreign cultures, some very basic internet research told me that Bosnian Ramadan involves a uh, bread called samoon or samuni. It's a very simple traditional recipe that gets baked at the end of the fast during Ramadan. And it, it's simple and traditional, but it involves uh, black seed, which I believe was uh, being referenced to cumin. Uh, and there was some nice nice stuff in there as far as the fable behind it, how uh, cumin was thought to contain a medicine for all diseases except death. And the plant is meant to bring uh, luck and prosperity. So obviously Nurkic has had more than just basketball in his mind. We've known that for a long time, but very cool to hear how he's supporting countless people back in his home country in, in a unique way. Very nice of Nurkic to use his resources to send these resources to people across the globe who maybe don't have everything they need for their holiday tradition. Shout out to Nurkic for thinking of them. Hey! All right, that was fairly quick and painless. We, we got through that. I do feel like I've been talking way too much already though. So let's get into the interview that we had this week. Tara Bowen Biggs of the Blazers What Pod, the We Have a Take podcast joined us. We Have a Take is a fantastic spot where Tara makes sure that fans who maybe aren't quite as comfortable in their own voice or don't feel like there's always room for their voice in sports conversations, Tara makes sure that we can hear from them as well and that they have somewhere to share their takes. So please, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the We Have a Take podcast. Give it a listen after you're done here. But first, Tara, Chris, and I had a wonderful discussion on CD's return here to Portland the other night, Dame's interview with Shannon Sharp. Drew Eubanks' future with the Blazers, as well as some more trade talk, and of course, lots of other shenanigans along the way. So please, for more shenanigans, come and join our Discord. The link is in the episode description. For some solid takes from voices around the NBA from lots of different teams, go and subscribe to the We Have a Take podcast with Tara. And for more of the Trailcasters, 
just listen through to the other side of this musical break. Here we go. All right, joining us this week from the What Podcast, that is We Have a Take, longtime friend of the show, one of our original guests, I want to say, back in the day. I didn't do the research, as usual, about how many times you've actually come on, Tara, but it is so good to have you back. Everyone, please welcome back to the show, Team Mom, Tara Bowen Biggs. How are you, my friend? I am great. Thanks so much to both of you guys for having me on. I have no idea when the last time I was on or how many times I've been on. You it's know been what? Too research long. is for researchers. <laughs> and I don't want to like ever, you know, accidentally cross into their lane. So I will just, yeah. you know, conveniently forget to do all of the uh, podcast research. I like it. That's a great excuse. Uh, I almost said excuse. That's a great justification, really, that I will probably whatever. have to steal and uh, and use as well. I would say if if we had to delegate roles here, Chris is definitely the natural researcher here on Trailcasters. He you can hear the keys clacking sometimes when when we get a debate going and he wants to make sure that his uh, that his take is the right take. He'll get all the stats to back it up and he does it on the fly because he's a good researcher. This guy, on the other hand, I researched by saying, "So what was your name? <laughs> what was your last name?" <laughs> I mean, I have a head full of researched information. It just rarely connects to whatever conversation or topic <laughs> is at hand. I like that. Yeah. See, oh, you've you've done this before, right? Like, obviously, Tara, Tara the the veteran professional here with uh, all the uh, all the all the ins and outs, and I'm just sitting there going, "I'll edit it out later. I'll, I'll take care of this all in post." Fix it in post. <laughs> Fix it in post. Wait, can I just say? I super love how you edit the podcast, like with all the little stuff in the beginning of it. I just think that's so fun. Dude, I enjoy you're it awesome. and I appreciate how much work goes into that and making it sound really good. And I know that like as I edit my podcast and I am like I do not know what I'm doing at all and just like getting it out the door is hard enough. So the amount of work <laughs> that you put into it to just like find those little cuts at the beginning, I, I, I just really enjoy it. And I don't know how often you hear that. So I wanted to say that. That that is awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, look, I work with Chris, so I don't hear it often enough. Is the bottom line. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the compliments but... don't come from this screen very often, my friend. He's bully Burkhart for a reason. But I like it's 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 that's super nice of you, and and I appreciate it. And honestly, it's one of those things where I think I am a little self conscious sometimes because it takes me a number of days, a lot of times, to get the pod out. I don't think it's too big of a deal because we're not we're not here doing game reviews. We're not here talking about exactly the stuff that went down the night before. So if it comes out a few days later, it's I don't think it's that big. Uh, it just it fits the format of our show. But thank you, Tara. God, oh man, this is great. <laughs> Except the, the uh, problem with sometimes waiting two days is the Blazers like then have three new players on ten days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things change quick around here, and that's always fun. We've we've done some addendums, but that is uh, maybe where I'm also shooting myself in the foot a little bit because I'm in the the temporary living room setup right now where it gets torn down after each recording. So trying to hop on for those quick add-ons is not always the uh, the easiest uh, or quick kind of thing. Speaking of quick, let's get straight into this. We uh, we had a big game last night. Tara, you and I were both there along with a bunch of our other Discord fam and Blazers Twitter friends for CJ McCollum's return to Portland. We played the Pelicans. And to be honest, before we get into the CJ stuff, let's just talk about the game. It kind of looked good for a bit. I, I thought we might actually get a win, get a W out of this. I, I don't think it was a, it didn't seem that far out of reach. 
until you know close to the end they they, they stretched out the lead a little bit uh in the end of it but i was kind of rooting for it man we we had some we had some uh, other fans down from where we were sitting that were very much rooting against the like you know blazer fans trying to be silly and rooting against the blazers and i'm sitting there going like this is the one time that you could hope blazers would get this because if blazers beat the pelicans it would almost ensure it would be just be that much more sure that we would get the Pelicans pick. Make sure that we have two good picks going in for the uh, the draft and trade assets this summer. Didn't work out that way. Still hopeful that we will end up with both. But uh, how about you? Like, where, which part took over for you, Tara? Were you was it your fan heart saying cheering for the Blazers, or were you uh, kind of more on this whole t the tank squad? Where do you stand with at this point in the season? Well, uh, as soon as the Blazers started to tank, I, re I really realized that, like, I was born for this because I hate, like, <laughs> caring. And this season, <laughs> it, like, doesn't matter, you know? Like, if they lose, eh. If they win, eh. You know, it's, like, totally fine either way. So, for me last night, I was, like, completely transported and taken over by the whole CJ's return aspect of it. And whenever I'm in the arena, I have no good, I have no idea whether or not it's actually a good game. So, I would love to hear from Chris if you watched it, like, from home. Like, how was the basketball? Because I have no clue. I was <laughs> so caught, caught up, in up in everything. <laughs> and I know that it was closer than I thought it would be. And I know Brandon Ingram was back. And I know, like, you know, CJ was there. So they had, like, guys who were, like, not on 10 days playing on their roster. And I also know that that little guy, like, stole the ball from behind three times in, like, the oh. most embarrassing fashion. He's done that all, yeah, done that all year will. long to everybody. So, yeah. So how was the game? <laughs> About as good as every other game you've watched for about the last four or five weeks. <laughs> there, no one, no one watched that game outside of the hype of CJ and was like, "Oh yeah, they're they're turning the corner. These guys are fun." No, they still relied on uh, they they relied on 15 points from Reggie Perry. My goodness. So like, yeah, it was cool. It was fun to see, but yeah, it's still not great basketball. <laughs> I, we should probably pay respects to CJ before going into Reggie Perry, but I wanted to talk about Reggie Perry too. But let's talk well, about CJ first. <laughs> oh, you, you want to do CJ first? Either I'll, way, say, I don't, whatever you guys want to do. Just because you mentioned Reggie Perry, I just got to say, we, we when he was here for us earlier in the season, Chris, uh, you had a little, a very sing-songy, Reggie Perry, that we got into the front end of the episode. <laughs> and so every time they mentioned him last night, I'm like, I'm in my head I'm going, Reggie Perry, Reggie Perry. <laughs> I just, I just, I just spout, like, randomness as it comes to my mind i don't even remember half the stuff that you're like you said this about <laughs> reggie perry like I, i'm just gonna have to take your word for it even though apparently i'm the one who uttered it because i i hear it like a dozen times as i go through editing <laughs> so it gets burned into the brain you know that's fair that's fair that's fair but that's Tara, the what, hardest your... thing when people are like but you said and i'm like yeah and Chris, the older your kids get the more they're gonna say that to you but you said <laughs> and i'll be like really Oh, they're already remember. doing. I, I don't care what I said then. This is what I'm saying now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, times change. But yeah, uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on Reggie Perry, the, the new edition, the latest 10-day edition for the Blazers here? Well, you know, I, just, I was just um, struck by the fact that he was tall. He, he is tall. <laughs> and that he, like, he reminded me a little bit of Noah Vonley because he was a big dude. Like, that was sort of my, like, when I saw him, I was like, oh, they, they got, like, a guy with some size and strength. Mm. Um, like, Reggie Perry know. does sound like a, like, he should be a short point guard, though. Like, totally. Like, <laughs> there is something about it, yeah. Like, yeah. 
I was like, oh, you know, and my husband was like, he's got some calves, man. He looks like he was like, he had some strong legs. You know how Noah Vonley was just like, looked so solid and strong. And so, you know, I think it was fun to watch. What did he had? Like how many points did he have? Like, like 15, 15 points. 15, yeah. I mean, it was fun. like this, this season, you just have to take whatever is enjoyable in front of you. And I thought Reggie Perry was enjoyable last night, especially since he like just got here and he was just, I mean, I know he played for, you know, uh, months ago, but right. it, it's always fun when somebody comes in and, you know, has their, um, you know, has their quasi debut and is able to like do something rather than, you know, kind of slink off and go, oh, that didn't really go how I hoped it would. It, it was it was it was the re-debut, you know, so it still yes. counts as a debut or he gets his his 15 is kind of the, the show up for it. But yeah, let's let's, uh, you know, we, we, we don't have to focus too much on the uh, the obvious big story, the Reggie Perry game that we saw last <laughs> night. But let's move on to, uh, you know, part B of this whole thing. Uh, CJ McCollum's return. When he came out on the floor, they announced the Pelicans first. They go through all the others and you can you could feel the arena getting kind of warmed up and amped as they're kind of going through all these other play, like Brandon Ingram or kind of, you know, Mark Mason just kind of doing the thing with the names. And when he gets to CJ, man, I, I think by the time he actually said CJ McCollum, I could barely even hear the name. People were going nuts. It was just a constant, just thunderous applause. It went on for probably a good couple minutes after, right? CJ did like a lap around the floor. He's got his Pelicans teammates behind him. And I saw a clip today on Twitter actually of, uh, I want to say it was uh, Benny Buckets, Matt McLemore, and one of our other dudes on uh, like underneath the basket on the Blazer side. And they they got picked up by a mic somewhere while the applause is going on for CJ. And you can see Benny, uh, Ben McLemore being like, that's love. That is some love right there. <laughs> yes, CJ! Like that kind of thing. All, it's like, all I'm saying lovely, is the, the sentence you just uttered is this Blazer season in a nutshell because you said <laughs> Benny Mac and one of our other dudes. Like, <laughs> like, like... That's the Blazers roster right now. Yep. Ben McLemore and some other guy some that I can't dude. pick out of a lineup. I Go couldn't tell you his name. It was, it was probably Reggie Perry. I don't I don't know his face. No, it's yeah. cool. it, was, it was cool to see uh, the outpour online and, and the videos getting up there. Because as I've tweeted many a time, uh, as you and I have talked plenty of times about needing to trade CJ McCollum just because he was their their asset. He was making the most money. He had the most talent outside of Dame. Like he was when you're talking about moving and, and fixing the roster, it was unfortunate that he was likely going to be in that deal. But I reiterated on Twitter multiple times over the last few months about how fortunate Portland was to have him, because if not for Dame being here at the same time, I think CJ McCollum would have been Portland's Dame. Like the dude loved the city, gave back to the city, loved the fans, gave back to the fans, never complained, just went to work. So I, I loved it. So the fact that he did get that out, outpouring of support, uh, it had to feel good for him. And just as as a fan and, and someone who's covered the team and been been with him in that locker room, like it felt good for me to see too. So I loved it. I absolutely loved it. For sure. I mean, as, I, as soon as see, I haven't been to any games this year. This is the only game I've been to this season. And it'll probably be the only game that I do go to because it's almost one. over, obviously. <laughs> um, but as soon as that trade was made and I, I went and bought my ticket, um, I was like, okay, that's the game I'm going to go to. And uh, I've tried to, like, go on the record as much as, you know, being just a random person on Twitter can be going on the record. As somebody who has always been supportive of CJ and his role, like, totally knowing all the stuff that everybody's talked about for all of the years 
I don't like to talk about all that stuff just because it's like, I have nothing, it has nothing to do with me. I have no power in it. I have nothing, you know, nothing that I say is going to make any difference to anybody else. The only thing that I could say was we are so lucky that we have CJ right now and for everything that CJ has done. So I'm super excited to go to it. And when the ovation started, so like by the time his name was called, everybody was already on their feet. We could see what the order that they were going in. We knew oh, it was yeah. going to be last. So we all stood on our feet. And when he was announced and it went on and on and on, you know, there were a pl- couple places where like sort of some looks went over his face of just like, oh, yeah. like, like, wow, like this is amazing. But I kept thinking about what if you were a rookie or a young player sitting there watching this and just going like, wow. Imagine being somewhere and coming back and that's how they treat you. And I just thought that like that probably made an impression on some of the on a lot of people who yeah. were are aspiring to have NBA careers. I, I would totally yeah, you gotta think a lot of those young guys in the building. That's at the very least it's gonna have some value. We've talked a lot before, Chris, about you know, uh, Portland's kind of reputation uh, as far as a free agent destination and all this. And yeah, something like that has only got to help with kind of the the next class coming up. Yeah, but then what happens when, you know, they play back video of Raymond Felton being introduced to games, you know, then it hurts <laughs> you. It works both ways. I still think it's crazy to think, though, that CJ McCollum was traded a month ago and he still got his return game to Portland before Evan Turner, Myers Leonard, or Al Farouk Aminu. Wow. None of them have played back in... Wow. Evan Turner and Al Farouk Aminu both came, but didn't dress but for didn't those play. games. Yeah. Myers Leonard was going to come, but then COVID hit, and that game against Miami was in that second half of the season, I believe. Um, so yeah, he didn't get his return game. E.T. and Al Farouk Aminu. And Mo Harkless of like, those Harkless big guys. Like Seth Curry yeah. has been back, and so has Cantor. But um, yeah, Mo Harkless missed out on like multiple return games until this year with Sacramento. (laughs) So like CJ McCollum almost got a return game before Mo, if you think about it, which that is just wild. That's crazy. (laughs) I wonder how often that happens. Like how often just kind of scheduling wise it works. Cause even like you're saying with Mo, yeah, it was, he missed something like the first three opportunities to return, I think. And it was with, with, with different teams, right? It wasn't until, yeah, Sacramento was not the team that he left Portland for. So like the, the no, it was like, it was the, yeah, it was the, the Clippers and then the Clippers were yeah, supposed to that's have right. that's right. like one it was one of the Portland's last home games of the year was against the Clippers, but then he ended up going to New York in another deal. So no, yeah. Right. And New York had been to Portland. Their one trip to Portland was like the week prior. So yeah, he missed out. And that's just crazy to think that 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 CJ McCollum got that before those guys. That's wild. So so CJ gets his giant return uh, and all the appreciation. We got a handful of other Blazers that haven't had theirs at all. I can't help but think of a guy like Steve Blake who probably had, what, two or three returns? Do you think he ever got much of an ovation out of his games? He's still around. He's, he still lives up here, doesn't he? I think he's in the area as far as I last knew. Something like that with the Finley. He's not the story, though. It's, it's, it's CJ. He's on tonight. a coaching staff somewhere. But... Oh, is he? Oh, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, follow, uh, don't follow my guy Blake. Is it like Phoenix or something? Anyway, go on. Neither here nor there. Anyway, as far as CJ though, he uh, his return was amazing. I just wanted to list off uh, at Blazers Muse, one of our friends on Twitter, who uh, has kind of taken after the Stat Muse uh, uh, model of tweeting, and he just kind of focuses on all the Blazers stats and kind of puts things out there that might be a little more obscure for fans to find themselves. But he uh, listed out that CJ McCollum, uh, his career as a Blazer, he's fifth all time in points scored for the Blazers, eighth all time in assists. 
second all-time in three-pointers made, fifth all-time in playoff points, also the most improved player, which I got the reminder of last night. I completely had forgotten that he got most improved player back in the day. Uh, but yeah, that montage video that they showed for him was excellent. And of course, now CJ for the Pelicans, he's averaging something like 26 uh, points, six and a half assists on nearly 60% true shooting. So the dude is a baller. Like you said, Chris, if we hadn't had Dame already, this guy easily could have been that for Portland. So I don't know fun. if you noticed, Keith, um, in the arena before the game, his wife and or, you know, she was sitting, you know, in a different section. Obviously, she wasn't behind the blazer bench. She was sitting in a different section. And, like, uh, during the warm-ups and during, before the game, like, all kinds of people were coming up and talking to her. Uh, and that was kind of sweet to see that. I mean, obviously, she's been in town. It's not like she's been gone or anything. But they were all, like, walking up to her and saying hi to her. And it, it didn't remind me of, but it brought back to mind when I was at summer league a couple of years ago after Myers got traded, like in, in the summer league game, there were people who were like lined up to say hi to Myers and for them to like say, you know, thank you for your time or whatever. Um, this was before everything, but anyway, um, but it was fun to see that, you know, Ellie was also like being um, congratulated and welcomed and everything just like CJ was. Yeah, no, that, that is that is very cool. And, and she, she I believe, is working up here, right? I was all talking about the, the Blake connection, but yeah. Is it, is it Ellie or Elise? Is it, do I have the oh, name? Oh, did wrong? I call it? Oh, my God, I called no, it Ellie. No, it's okay. Is, You're talking no, about Myers. No, I totally did got that L, wrong. Yeah. Ugh. I, yeah. L, L, L with Myers landed, and then Elise. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm good with you. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll chop we'll chop that up in post. Uh, say, say no, I need long. to be accountable. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it it was cool to see how much she enjoyed it too. I think I did see some clip even when the ovation was going on. She's got her phone up and kind of recording around the arena, and it was all over her face, man. Like she would just it was it was excitement for her guy, and yeah, it was very cool to see. Speaking of very cool to see though, uh, besides his return, I mentioned this earlier. We had a whole bunch of our Discord and Blazers Twitter fam all meet up at the game last night, including you and myself, Tara. Uh, shout out to Seth Morgan. Hey! Uh, shout out to Jen, hey! Blake, hey! uh, Proto-Plutonian. Hey! Who else did we see out there? Cat. Rocky Classic hey! showed out. Cat showed up. Yeah, hey! yeah, that's right as well. Uh, lots of friends. So cool to see, like to, 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 find, to connect faces to these names and Twitter handles. I, I kept going around you know, the, the silly, cheesy dad joke about, oh, I wish we had the name tags with our Twitter handles on it because I could not keep people straight until, you know, yeah, then they, like, oh, look, uh, I think Kyle <laughs> walks up like, hey, let me turn this way. And he's like, oh, I see your profile picture now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was fun seeing all you guys. I, we got a nice group shot up at the Pines at one point. Uh, yeah, man, and like you said, Tara, it's, it's games this season have been weird. There's, I was going to a number before I... Haven't been to one since they lifted the mandates uh, until last night. Um, oh, no, that's, that's, this is actually the second one back because we went to a work thing. Not important. But uh, it's, it's nice to kind of see that many good people, I guess, coming together for it as well. Because there, there has been this, I don't know, at least on my end, the anxiety that you get going once, uh, once the rules changed. It's like, oh, well, now the place is going to be filled with irresponsible hooligans or people that don't take care of each other and so it was, it was nice to see a group like that that all came together and we just all were very much you know there for each other and then just kind of sharing and supporting together i think you are an irresponsible hooligan though <laughs> that's true. i don't that's like, true it, don't, i don't i don't like 
has nothing to do with mask mandates and COVID and stuff. Like I looked at that group photo and I was like, I'm glad I'm not there because they right. were probably going to peer pressure me into doing things I didn't want to do. That's a bunch <laughs> of hooligans. That is a bunch of hooligans. Better steer clear away from that crowd. I'm curious, did you guys want the Blazers to win that game last night or where were you on that? Or are you going to just like plead, not plead the fifth, but just like choose not to comment? <laughs> Well, no, that that's kind of what I was getting at earlier too, Tara. I I think that I think it would have been ideal for the Blazers to lose most of the games on the way out this season. Like you said, we're in the spot where you can let yourself care less. It can sting a little less when you have these losses. But yeah, I think last night would have ideally been a game to win because it does help. We're not worried about the Blazers' pick falling down low. Like our, our pick, we we know about where it's going to be. Um, but the Pelicans pick, yeah, we, we, if it gets past 14, if they get into the, the postseason, that changes a lot as far as the Blazers' assets this summer and how we're going to be able to kind of, how quickly and how much flexibility we could have to rebuild this team. So I thought beating the Pelicans in that spot might be really good for us. At the same time, though, my, my silly kind of Blazers brain and the way it tangents off, I was thinking, oh, man, but if Blazers win this game, could that have some horrible impact on CJ's career? Like, is he going to be like, oh, man, I went to... to New Orleans and brought this good Pelicans team up here and we still couldn't beat this ragtag group of bench players from the Blazers. Man, I, I don't know if this is going to work for me down here. Like, it could have had huge <laughs> butterfly effects uh, going down the line. So thankfully for CJ, thankfully uh, we, we saved his career by letting him have that W. That's how I feel. <laughs> Where, Where are you, you on all I'll this, let, I'll, let you, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> Lose them all, it's, no matter what? It's it's a tough one. Um, yeah, I I say go out there, go balls to the wall, play the game. If you win it, you win it. You lose, you lose. I think there's a couple other games down the schedule that are going to be hard to win. Um, and this one is one that I think if if you win this game as a Blazer fan or as a Blazer player, uh, and it impacts picks down the road, I think you live with that one because you're like, you know what? <laughs> it just, it feels good to beat CJ here. Well, we'll let all the dominoes fall where they may. So, yeah, I think this one was one of those weird games where, like, uh, rather than worrying about winning or losing and how it impacts what could happen, I think it's one you just sit back and enjoy the moment in a little bit. That seems fair. I, I'm, I, we do have our next game tomorrow is against the Spurs, and we play the Spurs again Sunday, then Thunder, and then we face the Pelicans again. So there is another opportunity coming up here to to take one and really kind of you know make sure that we can hold on to that pick from them. And at that point, it's only two games left on the season after that Pelicans game. So we are certainly wrapping up. We're getting very close here with six games left. And uh, then we'll be in the actual, the summer, the, the, the point where we can get to the, yeah. the rebuilding of this team. And that brings us to the next question I have for you guys. I, I can't even really say this is my question. There's been an ongoing debate around Rip City, I think, right now on are we truly building around Dame or are we kind of maybe transitioning towards an, another path? Joe Cronin has very strategically and intentionally lined the team up where they can do both. They have that flexibility um, of essentially being able to pivot to either build young or build around Dame. The problem that Chris and I have brought uh, the the problem that Chris and I have brought up on here before is that you can't do both at the same time. Eventually, you need to choose. There needs to be a decision made of which path we're going down. I say all this to preface Dame went on the uh, Club Shay Shay podcast. Shannon Sharp has his pod where he, uh, he interviewed Dame. They talked for a while about uh, what Dame sees the future for the Blazers. And this was brought to our attention this morning before the podcast by uh, 
Brian McIntyre, shout out to him, hey. uh, one of our, uh, I guess at this point you could say Discord legends. He's uh, in the pods all the time <laughs> trying to get on us. About- I'm going to make a legend section of our Discord <laughs> and just slowly add people to it. And- He'll be a Discord legend. But BMAC, uh, he linked this. He linked this in our in our our channel for roster talk on Discord. Quick uh, aside for everyone: if you're not on our Discord yet, come and join the party. It's a great time. We have amazing discussions, lots of channels for all different types of discussions. And Tara, one of the most recent new additions to the family out there. Uh, so you know the group is only getting more fun, getting better as we grow with awesome people like Tara and Cat and everyone else joining on. Getting back to this question from Mac, or not question, but what he, what he posted here. He posts the link with Dame talking to uh, Shannon Sharp, and then he says below it, Dame says, "You never know; they might trade me, and I don't want I, I don't want that, but I'm cool if it's the right situation." I know now that Brandon said this very much knowing that I would get triggered by this. He knew he he did this intentionally to inflame me. I watched this video; it's like a two or three minute video. I think just under three minutes. I watched that thing probably a dozen times looking for where this clip was that he was talking about where this quote was. And I even got in the Discord like, no, he didn't say that. And actually what he did say aligns more with what I think they should do with building around Dame. And I listed out a bunch of the quotes from the two and a half minute clip. And then I realized, oh, <laughs> he knew this. He is just trolling me hard. So shout out to you, BMAC. Hey! I appreciate your April Fool's Eve joke <laughs> as you put it in there. Uh, you took the bait. I you did. I did. I bait. could not help it. I took the bait. I ran with it. And then I basically, if you haven't watched the clip, you could read my quotes uh, that I responded to and pretty much have the entire interview. I, I almost uh, almost wrote the entire thing out there. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's a long way of coming on to this interview that Dame did with Shannon Sharp. What he did say is he referenced how the Suns have built their team. He referenced... Uh, they had Devin Booker, and they didn't just get CP3. They got Jay Crowder. Then they added young talent. And he basically was comparing this, in my opinion, in my interpretation, he's comparing this to the Blazers situation, saying that Dame is Devin Booker. Dame is the established star. Then you go out. He, he mentioned at one point, he said, uh, we're in a position to do, to do that like the Suns did. I'm here. We already have me. We have a quality center. There was some kind of back and forth about Ant. Then he said, we got two lottery picks coming most likely. We've got money. We have the full mid-level. You know, we've got a lot of tools. We have a lot of flexibility. It's just a matter of filling in those pieces the way the Suns did. So I love this. To me, this really does solidify, if there was question in anyone's mind still, that yes, at least from Dame's perspective, he he says the team is building around Dame. This is not a thing where he's going to be moved as an asset. It's very much more about how can we make a contender quick. Uh, and I will I will let you guys jump in here, but I just want to, the last part of this is, Chris, you and I have... Uh, we have gone back and forth a lot on how the team will use these two picks. I think that is maybe the biggest part of these quotes for me. In my opinion, this very much says those picks are trade assets, not uh, future Blazers. Tara, do you agree with that? Or do you think we're looking at more young players coming in? Not on 10 days, but as draft picks. <laughs> I hope we're not still getting players on 10 days next no season. No more 10 days. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> um, so let's see. That was um, a long a question. Lot. <laughs> I the reason I wanted the Blazers to win is because I would rather have two picks than one pick and I just I know how things go because it's the Blazers and nothing is ever easy or straightforward. I know it's going to go to a second play-in game with the Pelicans where they go to like two or three <laughs> overtimes and we don't know until the very end of it whether or not the Blazers actually get a pick. So I'm not even thinking about it at, at, at this point. I mean, I, th- what's the point in thinking about it for me as a fan who has absolutely no, you know, a say in what's happening? 
But what I do like is that the Blazers are in a position where they have options and they yeah. have choices. Like they'll have one, maybe they'll have two. They have space. They have exceptions they can use. They've got options. And so like whatever they do, I'm not even going to like speculate what they're going to do with any of those options until at least we know like what the picks are and you know which one, how many they have and, and what they are. But I don't beyond know if that picks, answered the question. Or no, not. no, no, you're you're good. You're great. Uh, uh, again, I threw a lot at you at once because I'm trying to get the, uh, the the kind of lay in this whole interview or at least the key quotes out there for it. But yeah, um, beyond the picks, th this at least makes you feel comfortable that yes, they are indeed focused on Dame. He's he's well, not. I've yeah. I mean, I've always thought that. Like all the all the talk about trading Dame. Like okay, yeah, whatever. Like. People have to, like, have conversations. It's an interesting thought experiment. There's plenty of other stars who've asked to be go go somewhere else or whatever. Like, I understand why there's all of that dialogue around it. But, like, in my opinion, especially if you're Portland, if you have Damian Lillard and you do everything you can to build around him as many times as you need to as long as he is a player... You do that, or if you trade Damian, so you you might do that, and you might never win a championship. That's that's just facts. It's hard to win a championship. Yeah. Or you could move Damian Lillard on, and you could still not win a championship. Right. Right. So I would rather just have Damian Lillard be the cornerstone of the franchise for as long as he wants to be, and give him every, you know do as much as you can. But to it just in the way I like to enjoy the game, I would rather enjoy this team with Damian Lillard on it than with him off it. If he wants to go and he's ready to go, you know, fine. But I do not. My philosophy would not be to like trade him now before there's no other possibilities. Although I can understand where other people are coming from, that's just not my angle. Same impression, Chris, or, or did this give you any sort of idea that, like, was some of this smoke, was some of this, did it feel at all like it was not genuine, what he was saying? Like, where, where, where are you at after that? You got, it's what, what, I, what I love about you fans, <laughs> and this is definitely directed towards Keith, <laughs> you, you, you fanatics, is you always try to read between the leaves here, and sometimes this stuff is just pretty straightforward. Like, oh, we tried to compare them to the, the Suns. What did the Suns do? This, the Suns went from being a bad team to a good team. It's a base level comparison. Well, haven't we all <laughs> like, been thinking that this entire time? Like the second right, like, they got good, it's like, oh, Damien could stay and they could just add a piece and they could be good. It's not like it's like mind-blowingly right, like. like... <laughs> so that was a base level comparison. And then, oh yeah, we could go get here. We have assets. We have this, we have that. Like he's basically saying all the stuff that every Joe Schmo on the internet can go say, but you know, he has fear of tampering. He can't go out and say, yeah, yep. I really hope Joe trades those two picks and brings me Jeremy Grant or brings me Julius Randle or brings me Giannis or whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> like he can't go do that. So he just, Hey, if we have picks, we got to use them. We got to do, you know, I understand their assets. Like he's just there's he's just playing it safe. So I don't think there's there's much there. Back to this idea of trading Dame and whatnot. Um, if you get those two picks, again, my opinion here, which I hate I hate when people say this is my opinion before they say something because you're saying it, so it's obviously your opinion. But I'm still saying <laughs> disclaimer. It Some people say stuff like it's true. Like tr my husband and okay, I were walking okay, behind a guy last night who was like telling this woman that he was with, I'm going to give my bookie $250 and I'm going to win $5,700 next year. <laughs> and we're like, like a lot of, okay. like the 
the Bengals have to actually win before the guy hands you $5,700. So anyway, I'm sorry. There are exceptions to the, there are exceptions to the, in my opinion, rule. It's just a weird thing. It gets me every time. But anyway, the thing is, if, if they get two first round picks and they use them to draft players and they don't in turn turn those picks into other tangible assets at all, to me at least, I feel like you are making your indication that maybe you don't trust your roster being built around Dame in the very, very near future. And the only reason I say that is because I think you look like, and this is if Portland wants to be a championship contender right now. Because if you go get picks, even if you go get someone like, like, like Chet Holmgren, who is a lot of people say is the number one pick, uh, that doesn't make you necessarily a competitor next year. It might make you a competitor in three, four years down the road, but then you're also dealing with a 35-year-old da uh, Damian Lillard, which changes the dynamic of the team a little bit. Because if you want to compete now in Dame's window in the next year or two, you have to go get proven assets. Because when you go look at how the teams have been built that have won championships recently, you look at the Golden State Warriors. What rookie did they have in that, that rotation that was making a giant impact on that championship run? Exactly. The Toronto Raptors, what rookie did they have that was making just a huge impact? The Milwaukee Bucks, you go down to the, the Lakers of, of yesteryear, the, the, the Cavaliers, like even the Cavaliers, like they ended up building one, but they, they had uh, a top pick. They go and get Andrew Wiggins and they turn around, trade Andrew Wiggins to get Kevin Love and Kevin Love becomes the piece to winning a championship alongside LeBron and Kyrie. So they went out and got the assets that could make them contenders within that short three-year window, not contenders three, four years and beyond. So if you want to get uh, be a contender within Dame's window and maximize that, then to me, you take those picks and you try to get proven NBA assets that can come in right now. And that's why I, would, I like the idea of Jeremy Grant. I know people like to poo-poo him, but the thing is, the dude is averaging 20 points a game. He's getting you five rebounds, and he's been doing this consistently now for years in the NBA. So if you go and trade for him, you are getting a guy that you know you can put on the floor and go get you those, those points. Go get you those rebounds and help your team immediately. If I go and I draft uh, Benedict Mathurian, who I really like, if uh, Jabari, if I go get Chet, I know that they might be able to do those things, but there's no proven road that the, that shows me they can do that at the nba level yet can they do it in three or four years absolutely maybe they can but if i go get an asset that i know can do it right now then i maximize dame's window right now and that's what i would do if i'm the general manager and personally i think that's kind of what they've been indicating here over the long haul i'm so that's that's me that is a uh, my opinion <laughs> could be wrong it's not fact because we don't know what the fact is until you know draft night comes and the offseason hits but for me you got to go get proven assets to help the team now. so so what i'm hearing from that from the fanatic perspective from, from the fans mind what i'm interpreting all this as is you're saying that even if the blazers use those draft picks to draft players not use them in some sort of trade asset before the draft uh comes up even then, there's still just going to be trade assets to build around Dame. I like it. Thank you. The, you can say opinion, but I'm going to take it as fact. I'm going to take it as concrete, hard, <laughs> like cold, hard. I just uh, think it should be. <laughs> I just think it should be. And, I mean, you look at Andrew Wiggins. Like, he wasn't tra traded on draft night. He was traded a few weeks after That's draft true. night when things got worked out. So you, you never know uh, what happens down that line. But the thing is, Keith, you, you look at, like, Portland, right? Like, uh, Greg Oden. 
right? He was the unicorn of that draft that was a home run, and I know that it didn't work out, but every single GM, if they had the number one pick, was taking Greg Oden. Mm -hmm. There was no... Hindsight says Kevin Durant. No one was going to take Kevin Durant if they had the the number one pick. But Portland got that pick. They draft him. Brandon Roy was just coming off being rookie year, so it's not like they had established stars. Like, they had Brandon Roy. They had LaMarcus Aldridge, who had just been in the league, just completed their first year. And they're going, now we're going to build around this core three. We're going to see what happens happens and and all the other teams that do that too that get it's like golden state is the anomaly because they had the one weird year with all the injuries um and then got the top pick got wiseman but other than that these teams that are in the top five are looking to rebuild for years to come and getting all these young assets they're not bringing in a ton of young assets among big proven stars and go sweet you go one or the other you go left or right yeah there's a reason they're in the bottom that's why i think what the blazers do here is so interesting because they're almost an anomaly like again go using golden state's example again they lucked into that position but they were already a really really good team Mm -hmm. they didn't need it yeah so many other teams who get the the one the two the three pick are bad teams who we know are in a rebuild portland is in this weird purgatory where if they do their things right they can be really good if they do it wrong, they can be really bad, which leaves so many question marks as to whether or not you use those picks to build for the future or use those picks to go get assets and compete now. That's why the debate is fun because there is really not a right answer. And it's really intriguing to see what they do because it's not very often that you see a team that has the potential to be really, really good if they make the right moves be in the position to possibly get a top five pick. So it's that's my long way of saying... I have no idea what's going down, but I'm watching it like a hawk because it's really, really interesting. It's fascinating. They're not dull, which is like what I was so worried was going to happen after watching the first half of the season. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, one of the things that's hard about this season is because of like, you know, the we have so many players who are not going to be part of the plan next year. Like, I can't tell like what the new style of play is going to be. And, like, I've enjoyed, like, the speed, the pace, the fast breaks, the dunks. Like, all the things that I love the most about basketball are dunks, passing, and young players. None of those <laughs> things are hallmarks of the last 10 years of the Blazers. <laughs> so, like, that's why partly why, why I'm eating it up. But I also, you know, so it's an interesting question about, like, how is the play going to be different next year when we go back to having Damian lead the team? But I also think what's really interesting is that, like you were saying, Chris, the Bla- there's a very thin, uh, what is it, a small window that they have to go through and get it exactly right. Like, they yeah, got to thread this needle because, like, we're not going to watch this tank for next year. Like we're all expecting it's Mm -hmm. over next year and they are right back in it. And to me, I I wanted to ask you guys what you consider sort of like the window, because I, you, Chris, it's not like you were saying like one, two years. I've been looking at it sort of like two to four years, which is where I, um, uh, you know, see it. What about you, Keith? What do you, what do you think about sort of your window? And if I got your window wrong, Chris, like sing out. You're you're talking about like the the window of of if we're rebuilding around Dame, this is like we have this this long to do it kind of thing. Yeah. I, I'm with, like I'm with when you do we expect kinda... like a true run where yeah, we can go? He gave it everything. I'm with you on longer than two. I I think like a two to four year window should be what we're okay with as far as like you know it. 
as as much of a job that Cronin is doing with kind of restructuring this thing, and you know, we 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 went from talking about hey, all this flexibility, to then Chris pointed out too much flexibility. We don't know what they're doing, and it does kind of come back to Cronin has he's he's given us enough flexibility where it's 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 handy, but it's not going to change. It's not all going to happen immediately. Even if we get both picks and we have all these moves or assets to make moves this summer, or if we use the picks like Chris said and then turn these players into future assets. Next year's roster is not going to be the contender as much as the year after or the year after would be. So I'm, I, yes, we're building towards being a good team again. I, I'm with you, like you said. I don't think that fans will put up with a another tanked season next year. So we're gonna have a good, we're gonna have a good team next year that's fun to watch. But I don't think they'll be actually like good contender good until probably two to three or even four years down the road. Yeah, and I think that's a good conversation to have because people have to have these timelines here. And for me, I, it, my window is that two to four year window myself. But again, if you go get draft assets, that might hurt the window a little bit, as weird as it sounds. Because to me, I think a success for this team is getting into the playoffs next year and being competitive in the first round. If they get out of the first round and beyond, sweet. But some people look at that like, oh, you really want to build your team just to make it to the playoffs? Considering that this team traded three of their five starters have one of those other five starters is about to hit free agency the best player on the currently on the team right now not named damian lillard is about to hit free agency and penny simons there you go got it for you (laughs) um they traded the you know the 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 rob into their batman and cj mccollum completely upended this roster so to completely upend that roster, turn it around, and within one season be back into the playoffs and playing well in the playoffs, that's a huge success. Mm. And then you take that and you build off of it, and that's where year two, to me, becomes that's the year because now we have another year of free agency, another year of trade assets, another draft. Now we can really take... That's why, again, the whole Jeremy Grant thing. A Jeremy Grant, to me, is not the piece, but he is a major piece if you can get him. He's not your number two but he lines things up for you to go get it and really continue to build. Now, if you go graph two assets, maybe you are your, your next year, maybe you're not as competitive as you thought because you're spending so much time on talent development guys. and then your draft assets are okay. Same thing. Now, do we bring in another young guy? Cause we, we have the eighth pick or whatever. It, like it can hurt you almost in the long run. Mm. Um, and again, that's why I like the proven assets. Cause I think you can take advantage of that window sooner. Again, say you do get Chet. And he should be good. You might be really good in that four-year window, so may, probably the end of that window. But then what happens from there? Like, there's just so much. Uh, to me, I think you just build and you go and build the winner and do it now as quick as you can. So that's me. That's me. It's my opinion, man. <laughs> and I like the way you two react because sometimes you look at me like you agree, and it makes me feel like sometimes I might know what I'm talking about, and that's a really good feeling. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, speaking of knowing what you're talking about I want to come back to a quote you had just a second ago like I do I'm, I'm always on top of what Chris says here you've had some great uh, great criticisms as we'll put it so far uh, getting over your skis I think is a very common uh, or, or long story <laughs> oh, yeah, short a common one. Uh, long story short is coming that's along a, yeah. uh, but we got a new one today reading What's... between the leaves not reading between the lines or reading the tea leaves. <laughs> reading between the leaves. That's got like that's a segment right there. We could have an entire bit yeah. off of reading between the leaves and, and what you're thinking about the future. I, 
Sometimes you got to make up your own, man. Just going with the same old tired one that everyone says. Exactly. That's boring. I got to be my own character, my man. Got to be me. It's original content here on Trailcast. You get original, Absolutely. <laughs> original quotes. And Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you brought up Chet Holmgren and, and the, the I, you know, it, what we might do, how some of these younger players could fit into the roster next season if we did use these picks to actually get players. But the other thing that we've mentioned uh, multiple times today, probably even, let's say, 10 times today so far, has been the 10-day contracts. Drew Eubanks got, what, was it his fourth in a row with Portland uh, before Reggie Perry just came back in here? Eubanks has been one of these guys. He's been with the team long enough. Uh, and also the, the Troutdale local, the, the native uh, up here that I think fans have really gotten behind. There's starting to be question of, could he be one of these pieces for the for the future of the Blazers? On one hand, I feel like the general impression of Eubanks is he's like talent-wise, skill-wise, he's not up there if we're talking about trying to build a roster for contending. That doesn't necessarily mean he won't be here next se- next season, like we're saying. It's kind of this intermediary step. So our first of two listener questions today coming in from Alex from the Unbiased Blazers podcast, our guest on last week's show. So shout out to him. Go and check out last week's episode. Had some great conversation with Alex. Today he asks, is bringing back Eubanks as depth worth doing? Where do you land on that, Tara? How do you feel about our, our, our local boy, Drew Eubanks? I think it's been a really fun story. You know, I mean, how imagine being able to play in front of the, you know, for the team that you rooted for. I mean, that's just unbelievable oh, yeah. to me, especially for a small market. Like, I'm sure, like, you know, LA, it happens. But, right, you know, right. for you to grow up watching the Portland Trailblazers and then to be, uh, you know, starting for them and getting career best, that's like super exciting. And it's a super fun story. And personally, as a lover of dunks, I have loved the addition of Drew Eubanks <laughs> to the team. I just did, I do a dunk update occasionally, like once a week or so. Um, and I just looked. And so Greg Brown and uh, Drew Eubanks just overtook Larry Nance and Yusuf Nurkic in terms of the number of dunks that they had. So oh. I think it was like the last game or two. And so they both have 37 dunks on the season. Greg Brown got his 32, 37 dunks through 42 games. Whew. So 42 games for 37 dunk. Drew Eubanks did it in 17. Whoa, really? Please bring back Drew Eubanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. For everything that I love. Last night, I was sitting behind the uh, the basket, the basket that the Blazers shot on in the first quarter, and I was, like, so stoked because I was like, I cannot wait to see how Drew Eubanks just destroys this basket. Nice. And I was just like, the whole – and everybody in the row, my row, was invested for me. They were just, like, excited on my behalf. And nice. every time Drew came anywhere near, I was like, come on, Drew, come on, Drew, come on, Drew. Not a single dunk in the Not first half. Not a dunk. Half. Oh, <laughs> like pretty much the first play of the second half. On the other end, he just goes in with a two-handed just slam, and I was like, "How could you do that to me, Drew? I believed in you." But um, you know, he's also gritty. Like I'm, I've, I've heard lots of other people talk about this too. But just watching the way he was playing Valanciunas last night, I love Valanciunas. Mm. I enjoy watching him so much, and like, he was all over him, and he was yeah. all up in his space, and you know. Like, what I can't understand, and I would love for you guys to address this. The last three years, Zach Collins stands up to check in. He gets a foul. Like, before he even gets on the court, he's got a foul. (laughs) And then he steps on the court, and he gets two more, and then he's pulled. Like, and, like, this season, with the guys who are new and 
you know, don't play as regularly, there's never been a time where I was like, oh man, I'm so sick of being in foul trouble. Mm, like, it's a good what's point. What's the difference? Is there a difference? Am I making that up in my head? But like Drew Eubanks, you know, I guess he's got a little bit more experience because of the years that he played with San Antonio. But like Trendon Wofford isn't out there getting in foul trouble. That's a that's a very interesting point. I I don't even know where to where what could I mean other than just saying it's the individual players. Like I I love the way you put it with Zach though. It almost sounds like a we were talking video games earlier before you came in. It almost makes it sound like it's like some sort of like video game perk or debuff where it's like oh he enters the game instant one foul just like tallies it on right there. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. That's, that's an interesting question. I I suppose it could be at least with the Eubanks it's example something about yeah he. He's got solid fundamentals when you when he works in San Antonio for a while, uh, and Watford. Uh, it's it's funny though because Drew Eubanks is averaging career highs and personal fouls in his time in Portland. Is he? <laughs> but really? it doesn't ever feel it's like not, like last yeah. night was the first no. It's time. They're, they're not. They're not. They're and I think maybe high. he they're fouled out one time. Um, but like I just like the last couple of years like. Nurkic was, you know, Collins. Like it was somebody always like got three fouls in. You know, there, there are minutes the would be limited half. from the fouls. Yeah, like they, they or maybe were, it's they're, the, coaches, also... the way the coaching coaches deal with it when somebody gets a fouls. I think it's a little bit of everything you said, but I think it goes especially as of late. It goes to the credit of Chauncey Billups. I mean, he talked about defense being kind of his thing. Everyone talked about defense being his thing. You've seen it even from the beginning of the year when it looked bad, you saw what he was trying to do. And if you start to get these guys who have the talent there and now you, you get the brain to attach with the physical talents, right? And now these guys are in the right position. They're not trying to play catch up. They're, they're playing more of a team ball. Like how many times was a Zach Collins foul because of, just being out of position, or even a Yusuf Nurkic one too, being out of position. So you just kind of got to reach for a guy right, to try to get back. Right. And sometimes you're like, I, if I don't foul, it's a clear path to the to the hoop, and I just got to foul him to stop it. So when you when you coach guys upright and you start getting them to buy into the system defense, and these guys are communicating and they're in the right place and they're not being beat as often, like like you're seeing guys get beat, but it's just because again, like no disrespect but some of these guys like they're these were g league guys or guys who haven't played at this level or seen guys like i mean how how often has uh, a brandon williams had to guard a cj mccollum type in his entire career right so you're seeing guys get beat but not for like lack of trying it's just they like they just physically can't defeat or can't be there but it used to be you had guys who physically were capable of guarding but didn't have the, the brain power yet to be in the right spot. <laughs> the system. So I yeah, think yeah. when you're coached up, yeah, I think when you're coached up properly defensively and that's not a, a player thing either. Cause I think Zach Collins is Zach Collins is very playing very well on defense in San Antonio compared to what you saw in Portland. It was just a Terry Stotts thing. Mm. And like, that's also not a knock on Terry. You're some, there's coaches who are offensive coaches. There's coaches who are defensive coaches. There's coaches that are balanced that no one's going to argue that Terry Stotts is not one of the best offensive coaches to come across the NBA in the last decade. The dude's phenomenal. He just wasn't great on the defensive end. I think Billups is showing that he's pretty smart on that end. And I think if you're seeing anything or at least feeling like it, I, I think that's why. Oh, such a great answer. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to you like... all the time. I'm going to just like, <laughs> when I have questions. Hey, you can come, come back on here, ask all your questions. Yeah, come. Hey, there, that, see, there, perfect, perfect plug. I missed it. Chris had it there. Uh, 
anyone who wants to ask questions of Chris or of Tara, really. No, you don't need to ask me questions, but come and join our Discord. It's a great spot for it. Always ready for questions. And, and Tara, you as well. Anytime you're on Discord, you want to ask more questions of Chris hey, in person, what... just say, hey, bring him back on the next episode. We'll get you on there. We'll get... we, we need to... Hey, that's what she said the other day. She said she already likes the Discord because she asked a question and it got answered. She said that doesn't happen on Twitter. <laughs> no. We have fun on the Discord. It's, no. it's been I ask a question on, on Twitter and everybody likes it. I'm like, I'm glad you <laughs> liked the question. Could you? I, I like, right? you know, I know some people think that, you know, women, especially or me anyway, might be a little prickly when have, I'm having things explained to me. But like, if I'm asking a question, it's because I'm asking for somebody to explain something to me. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because because no man ever has ever asked a question. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay, especially <laughs> if it's framed what as a, a question. Like sometimes I don't need right. it, but sometimes I'm like I'm asking. So yes, I, that's a, my yeah. plug for the Discord. It's awesome. Thank you. But real quick before we move on, oh, you're Keith, good. Um, because Team Mom asked a question and I went on a tangent about fouls. I never asked the answered the original question about Eubanks being a part right. of the team Alex's next question. year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my thing on Eubanks that I don't understand the hate. And this is going out to friend of the show, possible Discord legend eventually, <laughs> the sheriff. Hey! Oh, okay, yeah. He's in line. He came out and he said on uh, when we were talking about it on Discord the other day, he said that I just don't see I just don't see the potential in Ubix. Like, like he's good, but I just don't think he's good enough to be a backup center in this league yet. Which I sit there and if I, I'm sorry, you all just hit your head on the seat in front of you because I was driving the bus and I slammed on the brakes <laughs> when I heard that. Because the dude averaged five points, like six rebounds, something like that, and 10, 12, 15 minutes with San Antonio as the backup guard, or excuse me, as backup the backup center. center. Yeah. And my question is, what the hell more do you want from your guy who's coming <laughs> in and playing 12 minutes a night? Like, if, if I could get a center who comes in 12 minutes a night and is going to get me six points, six rebounds, and play defense, which he does, I'm going to take that all night long because here's the thing. You want your 28 to 30 minutes out of, out of Yusuf Nurkic. Okay, so then if you give me 12 to 15 of Eubanks, that's going to leave you with what? Eight, five minutes of a little bit of a small ball, which I think the NBA wants to see. Fans want to see. Billups has already proven he kind of wants to see. And you have guys on the roster right now, like a Greg Brown, like a Watford, who can go play the five in those small ball lineups. So why would you not want Drew Eubanks? Are there better options out there? Because this is the debate we got into is like, if you could have Ben McLemore or Eubanks, which one you picking? And I was taking Eubanks because the shooting guard position is deep in the NBA. There are so many people you can get in plug. They're going to get their points. If you give them their 10, 50 minutes a night, the center position, it's not, there are guys you can go with that I think are better than Eubanks. Like I think, and this is not the connection to Portland. I just think as a backup center that Robin Lopez is phenomenal. Hmm. I think he's a phenomenal center to be your backup guy. Um, Andre Drummond, people have thrown that one out there. I I don't want that one yeah. in the Portland system. I just don't think he fits with what Billups and everyone's trying to do. Who else you got? Give me the guy who started all year for me, pretty much, given the injuries, was playing on these 10 days, reward him with an actual contract, let him stay home, and you have a backup center who plays defense, gets six rebounds a night, gets six points a night, does like what more do you want from your backup center to me that's perfect backup center material perfect like what do you, do you want your backup center to be out there getting double doubles oh yeah my starting center scores 20 and 20 my backup center gives me 15 and 10 okay well then your backup center is going to move on because he's going to go be a starter somewhere and it wasn't worth having him in the first place because you, you just screwed up the chemistry in the locker room and you're balancing minutes no give me the guy who's perfectly content playing those 12 give me drew eubanks 
all night long. Talking about segments, man. We need to come up with some name for just like I guess that might be a Papa Chris thing where you can just go and rant on uh, on on Eubanks, I guess, or or rant on the Discord <laughs> legends. Uh, anytime Bmac or Seth or anyone else brings up uh, uh, anything that Chris just has to go off and we'll get we'll get a part Absol- of the pot for that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just just Keith, like. He's not backup center material, or even you, you. You say, you know, is he really the backup center if you want to be a contender? The Cavs won games with Anderson Verjao as a center, guys. So don't come at like, oh, is he good enough to be a contender? Build your team right. You're going to be okay. fine with Drew. I can, I can take that. I can take that. <laughs> Blazers legend Anderson Verjao. If oh, ever. right. Uh, that's right he was here for half yeah a that qualifies him as a blazers legend uh in the most sarcastic sense of the word okay we have one more listener question from rocky and then i also had one question to close this out uh, that i want to throw at both you guys as well so rocky's question coming up first here and again rocky hey! another twitter legend blazers twitter legend who has recently joined our discord fam dude is great he always has something to say always has a question to bring up it makes for great discussion Thank you, Rocky. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, everyone else who has recently joined the Discord. If you haven't yet, what are you doing? Come and join the party. Rocky's question. I would love Julius Randle at the four. What are your thoughts? Tara, let's go to you first. I don't have a lot of thoughts. I mean, sure, he's better than who we have playing for today. Um, But, like, I'm not... I don't know enough about the contract situation to how it limits the, what they can do in the future. I like young players. I want to bring in younger all the time. My rule is nobody who is still on their, or nobody who's off their parents' insurance, like 26 <laughs> years or younger is what I want. Cause I, like I want it. I want the future. I want the future. So I don't really have an opinion, but I'd love to hear your guys's. Well, here's the deal on Julius Randle. I mean, I think you should I think you should move your parents' insurance claim just a little bit because he is only 27. So he just got off. Like he, he he's right there. He's still he's still young. And comparatively, no disrespect to anybody in this chat because I'm picking on myself here. Everybody's young to the three of us. Okay. <laughs> like so so uh, take that. Contract wise, I, I do like it compared to a jeremy grant he's getting he's more expensive than jeremy grant the difference is you don't have to worry about him hitting free agency like jeremy grant will be doing at the end of next year julius randall is under contract for another five seasons i think yeah he's under contract through 2026 and he caps out on his last year which is a player option at at 29 mil when honestly with the with the increase in the cap over over the years 29 mil is not that bad to be paying him in in 2025 especially when you compare at the end of uh, dame's contract dame's going to be making 50 ant is could make a good could get a max contract that would pay him 35 million dollars next year so julius randall for 30 in 2025 pretty cap friendly if you really get down to it um not as uh versatile as jeremy grant because jeremy grant can play the four and the three and gives you that that ability to mix with your lineup as where julius randall is just a pure power forward power through forward. and through yeah um but one thing that i do like about him is he's a pretty damn good passer for a power forward so if you could match that passing alongside the Nurk, nurk's passing that gives you two bigs who you can feed in the paint who have the ability to kick it back out who you can run in the pick and roll mm. like it opens up a ton of opportunities the only thing is just again being paid 20 mil next year how would you going to get him in? I mean, you have a trade exception you could use. 
if you fix your finances sign in trades with ant going out and bringing in players i still think are very viable if that's what you want to do um so are there ways to get him sure i would take him probably over jeremy grant because i just really like his his skill set i he just doesn't have that versatility that grant does but i mean yeah i'd take him because the same reason i take jeremy grant is if you get either one of those guys it's the best power forward you've had since lamarcus aldridge left it makes your team better plain and simple you're you're saying you would take randall over grant if you could have one or the other right now if i could have one or the other well, like for, i would contracts, probably as far as talent on the floor like fit with the team no if i could have one or the other i think i would take randall i i he, he, his usage numbers are a little high, but when you really look at him and you start to compare him, you could say, okay, uh, Grant shoots the ball just a little bit better. Um, Randall is just a bigger body, so he rebounds just a little bit better. They're both at about 20 points per night. Their per 36s are fairly comparable, but one thing that sets them apart that I would I just really like in a Chauncey Billups system is Julius Randle's ability to pass yeah, the ball. I, I, I just really like that. I do think Jeremy Grant gets the edge defensively, so if that's what you want, Again, that does come into play, especially with someone who can play multiple positions as opposed to Julius Randle. Um, but I like the offensive side of the ball myself. So, and mm. again, if you're put if you put an offensive guy with a coach who can get you going on defense, of course he has Thib Thibodeau, New York Thibodeau, Coach Tibbs, uh, who's a defensive guy. I, mean, it's, I don't know. I I it's toss up, but they're both better than anything you've had since LA left. So you, I take it mm. because it makes your team better. That's plain and simple. That, yeah, that's like you were saying, Tara. Uh, I. As far as like the things you like watching on on teams, the two things that I really enjoy watching that we haven't had much of in Portland for a while has been passing, like playmaking and defense. So yeah, I'm I am really divided on that. I the defensive the defensive ability and the versatility that Grant brings, I feel like is what the team needs, especially if we are again building around Dame. But man, yeah, like you said, Chris, having more playmaking bigs is not a bad thing. Final thing here to wrap up as we get you guys out of here, and again, thank you both for joining uh, today. Chris, I've always got, but Tara, it's, it's always a pleasure. It's really nice to have you on. You're always welcome back. And again, anyone else in Discord? Rocky was asking on the end of his question, when can he get on the show? Anyone on Discord? Hey! We can get you on here. If you want to be on the show, get on Discord. That's how you do it. All right, final question here. It's a two-parter about our guy, Greg Brown Jr. We've heard Bouncing Brown before recently. What is your opinion, though, on the new nickname inspired from him wearing those sporticles last night? He's wearing the, the glasses out there, uh, the, the throwback We spoke lenses. it into existence. Right? We, we talked about this. Yeah. We spoke it into existence. <laughs> we Sports gogs for the win. And, and he, he brought him out last night, and I started, like, I just yelled at one point in the stands, Goggles Brown Jr. And I heard a couple people laugh nearby, heard some cheering. Goggles. What do you think? Goggles Brown Jr.? Can we get on that? No? Uh, Chris, it's, it's pretty Chris good, Lincoln. but like, I don't want him to like, what are we going to do if he stops wearing them? He's never going to okay. stop bouncing. Yeah. I mean, he, oh, yeah, that guy's going to bounce forever. That's true. <laughs> that's a good that's answer. A, that's, a, that's a sound drop right there. Like, he's never going to stop bouncing. Yep. Like, <laughs> when you just want to end your, your sentence with an, an exclamation point and shut down the conversation, that's it. There's no other debate there. He's never going to stop bouncing. Mic drop. It's done. Okay. Unless unless he added a true three-point shot to his game, because if he kept the goggles and added the three-point shot and brought back the West Wes Matthews era three goggles three goggles, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, every time Greg Brown... He's hit the last night, so man. Good. He, that was his hair. The hair and the <laughs> goggles and do oh I love it. <laughs> if he, that would and so so if go, yeah if goggles Brown Jr. Bought, brought out the free gogs then he's a blazer legend instantly and you can't take it away from him in the non-sarcastic way exactly anyway. final question here relating to the same thing if we can only fit one of these dudes on here as a backup big who are you taking you Banks or Brown? Hmm. That's an interesting question. 
probably Drew Eubanks. Although I think I think Brown has a higher ceiling. But like for just needing to have an effective and not very expensive backup center, I would probably go with Drew Eubanks, but it would be tough. I'm taking them both. Why do I have to pick one? They don't even play the same position. Because <laughs> that was the question. The question was picking one. No, I, I, you're, you're right, though. I want both Again, on the Greg, team. Greg Brown's 95% of his minutes at power forward versus Eubanks, who's Ooh. 90% of his minutes at center. So, yeah, give me, they, they, like, we, we went over this. We get, we get used to these guys because Greg Brown's a big, tall guy, but like, he's a four. And Watford, he's a four, feels, not a five. Okay. Watford feels like a four, but he's a, he's a three, four mix. Like that's, he's, these guys aren't set up like you, you typically think. So yeah, you can have them both. If you're going to come at me with questions, you got to make sure they are <laughs> streamlined and ready to go. Because uh, I get on that Google machine, that and Google, I, get answers, I get answers quicker than you can get them out. So <laughs> don't mess around. That, that's that's why we got Chris on here. Chris, the researcher, like we said right off the top, we knew what this was. We 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 called the theme from the get go. And and hey, I don't mind uh, having the question be a little rough around the edge. Need to get shaved down there and turn to the real question before before it uh, uh before it gets polished off. But uh yeah, thank you both for for those answers. And I I think I like that answer. I think the proper answer is we can have Watford and Greg Brown and Eubanks all backing up uh backing up Jeremy Grant. And let's just get greedy here. Let's say we also get Julius Randle uh, to fill in between the, the three and the four in, uh, next to Nurkic in our, in our guards. We go uh, from 100 terrible. guards to 40 forwards. Yeah. <laughs> what year is yeah, it? Yeah, so we'd have, we, we'd have Dame and Penny and Hart for our guards. Then we would have, as far as wings and bigs, uh, Jeremy Grant, Nasir Little, Watford, Greg Brown, Drew Eubanks, Nurkic, I'm not even counting here, but that's not. Oh, and oh, and Julius Randall. Let's say the other acquisition <laughs> we picked up. So we didn't make any cuts. Got Julius didn't have to make any choices. Just, just kept. Yeah, we got all of them now. We got all those guys. That's a, right. that's a winning roster right there. All right, I'm gonna all let right, you Chris. wrap it up, Keith. I'm gonna hit my stop record. I gotta bounce to get to. Cool, the... man. Thank Bye. you for coming. Thanks it was for making so the time. So fun talking dude. to you, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, so. We have ditched Chris. Now the party can really begin. Tara. <laughs> no, thank you so much for coming on, dude. It's always good to talk to you. Always good to, to hear from you and see you. See you yesterday in person, but here on the Zoom call is not too bad either. So, uh, Thank you so much for having me. Like I said, I joined the Discord because I was just looking for somewhere to get my questions answered because I just have a lot of questions. And um, I was just appreciating getting answers and the discussion around it. I think one of the questions that I asked was... Um, uh, was it compare and contrast Stephen Adams and Yusuf Nurkic? It was Stephen Adams yeah, and somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, just, it was Adams and Nurkic, it was. Yeah, I just have these questions and nobody wants to answer them on Twitter. So, yeah, this is my, like, people need one more plug for the Discord channel. <laughs> Hey, you're I've even better at plugging the Discord plug. than I am. It's it's working great. Like I, I'm usually over the top on this, and Tim a couple weeks ago was all give me a hard time for how many times in the middle of the episode I'm being like, by the way, join the Discord. But you're doing an even better job. You're you're well, telling the content we've got. And... and part the reason that we're fans, I think the reason that maybe you and I are fans is because we like to interact with other fans. Yeah. Like very if much I was so. just sitting here by myself with nobody to talk to, it wouldn't be as fun. If I didn't have other people to talk to and bounce questions, bounce crazy ideas off of and ask questions. And so, you know, Discord allows that to happen, you know, in a little bit of a more enclosed space than Twitter. So you don't have to worry about, you know, people jumping on. Although, like, I rarely have 
any issues with people on Twitter. Maybe it's because I've muted and blocked so many people. <laughs> but, but um, you know, it's just, it's like, like I said, the reason I like to be a fan is because I like to enjoy it with other people. Like all of my best memories about the Blazers are not necessarily about what the team was doing, but it was like who I was with when the team did it. And that's what really Amen. makes it synced in for me. What a great way to put it. And, and you're 100% right, of course. This this podcast, Trailcasters, would not even exist if it wasn't for the desire to talk to other fans. I, there's There's been opportunities over the years uh, where... You know, I uh, back in the day with Brandon or or Ty. Shout out to both my previous co-hosts, hey, even Chris. There's been times where someone isn't always available, and you know, so some people are very quick to be like, "Oh, don't worry, Keith, you just go and talk by yourself on the pod." I'm like, I have no interest in that. I I have no interest in doing a solo show. Shout out to Mike Richmond for what he does. Hey. He does five days a week solo. Yeah. I couldn't do that, man. I I like talking to people, to other fans, and having these interactions. And like you said as well, like you're doing such a great job of uh, pumping for us. The, the Trailcaster Discord is where it's at for these conversations. And it, it, Twitter is fun, but there's a difference in the format. There's a difference in how on Twitter things you post something and it just kind of flows downstream. Hopefully other people see it, but if they don't see that, it's probably because they're looking at a thousand other things. On Discord, it's there. You get notifications. You get marked uh, as, at where you ended the or where you left the conversation last time so you can come right back in and catch up. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a fun format. So again, listeners... Please come join us. Chris and I are having a great time. Awesome new people like Tara and Rocky and Kat. And you also got Seth and Brandon uh, McIntyre in there too. They're, they're, they're okay. They're, we put up with them. But bottom line, it's it's just fun to interact. It's fun. We are here as fans. We are here for other fans and, and, and the love of the game. Thank you, Tara. Uh, listeners, I guess if listeners wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way to do so on social? Or besides, of course, listening to the What Podcast. We have a take pod. So uh, I'm on Twitter mostly at TCBBIGGS. That's two B's and two G's. Um, And the what podcast is at We Have a Take. And um, that comes out every couple of weeks. We aren't on like a very strict schedule with that, but we try to do a couple times a month. And we talk about the Blazers, we talk about basketball, and we, you know, like you guys, aren't deep into the. I mean, we can talk about the games and we can talk about ball, but. There's a whole lot of that's covered by a lot of other people. And so we yeah. talk about a lot of other stuff. And, you know, maybe this season we may have like talked more about The Bachelor than we ever have. Um, but that <laughs> nice. could just be because of this season. Um, but yeah, so find us on wherever you get podcasts. We have a take. It's been one of those seasons where we've talked a lot of video games. Uh, we've talked about some uh, some music. I, I was playing my saxophone uh, about a month ago on one of these episodes. It got random a little bit, but it, we've had a lot of fun. Anyway, Tara, thank you again. Uh, again, listeners, reach out. T-C-B-B-I-G-G-S. So two Bs, two Gs in there. Uh, she is a wonderful person to interact with on Twitter. And if you don't get enough of her on Twitter, you can find her on our Discord. <laughs> One last plug. Thanks again <laughs> for plug. having me on, Keith. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, dude. I, yeah, it's it's. anytime you want to do this again, you're always welcome. It's always fun talking to you. So, In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Tara Bowen Biggs. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt. And thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And, of course, thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. <laughs> Thanks so much, dude.